Hello, everyone. This is Greg Drevenson, Editor-in-Chief at Rider Magazine, and your host for the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. Our guest today is Scott Moreno. Scott is Managing Director of IMT Bike, a motorcycle tour and rental company that's based in Madrid, Spain, and has offices in Barcelona, Bilbao, Malaga, and Lisbon. IMT Bike is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. We talked to Scott about how he started the company, the types of motorcycle tours and rentals IMT Bike offers, and the company's philosophy. IMT Bike enjoys an 85% repeat rate among tour clients, and last year it received a Traveler's Choice Best of the Best award from TripAdvisor. Stick around for another great conversation. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. How you doing, Greg? Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome. Well, I'm in Southern California and you're in Madrid, Spain. So we got nine hours between us. It's 8 a.m. in the morning here and that's what, five o'clock your time in the evening? Exactly. It's 5 p.m., five in the afternoon here in Madrid. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us at the end of your uh, of your Monday. So, hey, uh, you know, it's it's really cool to talk to you about IMT Bike. Uh, you know, the first overseas tour that I did um, was with you, uh, with your tour guide, okay. Chano. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife, Carrie, joined us. We did a tour of Spain and Portugal back in 2010 for two weeks. Exactly. That was awesome. So, um, so tell us what I want to know is a little bit about IMT Bike. But first, I mean, you are based in Madrid, Spain, but you're an American. Correct. So you are managing director, co-owner of a tour company based in Spain. I'm, how did that How did that come about? Okay. Well, I'm originally from, I was born in New York City, Greg. Um, <clears throat> so I lived in New York City, but I grew up in northern New Jersey. Uh, I came over to Madrid with New York uh, University to study junior year abroad uh, type of thing. I fell in, in love with Spain. Um, and then after working as a, a broker in, in Madrid, uh, I did an MBA and then I, I came back to Madrid. Um, <clears throat> and then I was sent to Dubai to work in trade currencies for a Swiss company. So I was 32 years old. I was trading currencies, living in Dubai. Um, you would think I had it all great, but I was miserable. Okay, I, w- I just I didn't want I didn't want to you know wear a suit and tie. I didn't want to be in an office. And somebody said, "Well, what would you like to do?" I said, "I you know I love motorcycles. I love traveling. I love adventure." Um, she said to me, "Why don't you start a motorcycle touring company?" So I moved uh, back. I was transferred back to the Madrid office. I started working on a business plan at night, traded currencies during the day. Uh, I bought eight BMWs and uh, started the company from my Malasanya uh, apartment on the fifth floor walk up. Wow. So now it's uh, you are, like I said, you're headquartered in Madrid, but you've got offices in Barcelona, Bilbao, Mm -hmm. Malaga, Lisbon. I mean, so, yeah. And you just celebrated your 25th anniversary, is that correct? That is correct. 1997 to 2022. Uh, we do have five offices that we own. Uh, we have a fleet of 200 BMW motorcycles. We're only using BMW. <clears throat> I believe that's the largest fleet of BMWs in the world, and they're divided uh, amongst the five bases. You can rent the motorcycles. Uh, we do self-guided tours, so you could give us your dates and tell us what tour you want to do, and we'll set it up for you. Or you can come on a guided tour just like you and Carrie did when you did the Spain and Portugal tour, whatever you want to do. Right. Well, you know, the the, the group tours or organized tours, uh, I know I've been on a number of them and that, um, you know, you guys take care of everything. You know, you set up the hotels, you pick people up at the airport, you know, you shuttle some luggage and 
you've got a tour guide, everything is involved. And then, uh, so how does a, a self-guided tour work? Okay, good question. Um, a self-guided tour uh, is for people that maybe that the organized dates don't work for them, but they always wanted to see Portugal, for example, um, or they have dates that work better, or, or maybe they're not, you know, group people. Uh, when I give a presentation at the, at the MOA rally, I always mention Charles Bukowski, uh, who's one of my favorite writers, and he said, you know, I love people, but I seem to feel better when they're not around. <laughs> so, so if you kind of can identify with that, then a self-guided tour is, is perfect for you. We set up all the hotels. We have a preloaded GPS, tour handbook, maps. We give you a one and a half hour briefing, explain the whole tour to you. You have any issues during the, the week or two week tour, uh, you can call us up and we'll solve any type of issues for you. And then you can leave, you know, whatever time you want in the morning, if you're an early riser, or you go out at night and you want to sleep in a little bit, whatever you want to do, it just gives you a little added freedom if that's what you're, if that's what you're into. Sure. I mean, you know, the, the group tours, I know for some people, they enjoy the camaraderie of meeting new people from different exactly. parts of the country or different countries. Um, <clears throat> Uh, but some people want to do like, you know, a husband wife tour, uh, a couple of buddies, father and son. And they just like, hey, I've always dreamt about going riding around in, in Europe. And um, but the planning of a trip uh, is like, what hotel should you stay in? And there's a lot of research that goes into it. Absolutely. You, you vetted Absolutely. all of the hotels and restaurants. So we've been doing this for 25 years and we're constantly uh, checking, doing due diligence to make sure the hotels and the restaurants are up to our standards and we have very very high standards i have very high standards uh in spain and portugal we like to use uh parador's and postales you remember those when you were here with carrie they're converted castles palaces uh, uh historical buildings they're not snobbish at all people in spain and portugal love motorcycles so if you walk at the reception with a helmet and leathers on nobody's going to look at you you know with you know with a snooty face or anything like that they're just great great hotels the same uh for the restaurants i mean we enjoy good food and wine sure. uh so it's very important to us that people can enjoy european food spanish portuguese uh french italian uh, I would say 99% of the times they can choose right off the menu, uh, which, you know, opens up a whole, depending on not everybody likes fish or, or meat, you know, so they can choose whatever they want. Um, but it's very important to me that the quality is very high. I, I kind of consider our, uh, our tours, I'm to back to be the gold standard. I really think that our quality is extremely high and, uh, and to maintain that quality, we really have to check uh, you know, every year we have to make sure that, that everything is up to our standards. I personally, I like to, to mix it up and go on different tours also um, to see the guides working and also to check on the hotels and the restaurants. Sure. Well, I mean, I do remember staying in those, uh, the Paradores and Posadas is that, you know, not only are they these really cool, um, like you said, it can be a, a, a castle or some sort of historic building, maybe a, a, a former monastery or something. So, They've got uh, cool artwork and things in the wall, but uh, is the restaurant, they showcase like the local specialties. I mean, there's Spanish wine, but each region has its own cheeses and wines and, and specialty dishes and stuff. And that was a really cool part of the tour. So. Exactly. I mean, it, it's when you go overseas uh, to do a motorcycle tour, and you mentioned this before, there's a lot of lay work into it. You know, if you're going to be in Andalusia, Southern Spain, 
once in your life, you either have to, you know, put the time in to make sure that you find the good roads, the good hotels and everything, or you can come on an organized tour and have everything professionally done for you. And it's, it's just one way to make sure uh, a surefire way that you're going to have a great time. You're not, you're not going to go on a road uh, that's under construction or a restaurant that's closed, uh, etc. I mean, you're guaranteed to have a great time. And the one thing about organized tours is that, you know, we're also very flexible on the organized tours. I mean, again, if you want to, if you're an early riser or if you want to go out at night, that's absolutely fine with us. We don't care. Just let us know. You have the route book. You could have a GPS and you just meet us at the next lunch stop or at the next hotel. It's absolutely fine. But you're guaranteed to have a great experience. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing some people may not appreciate or realize is that, yes, as most of the time people typically stick with the group. Again, they sort of like the comfort of it. They're in a foreign country that maybe they're not familiar with. But yeah, if you wanted to take a day off on your own and, and uh, you know, take your own route or something, uh, you can provide a, a custom route or they could just go at their own pace. And that's a, uh, so there exactly. is there is a lot of flexibility because I know you guys, you have a lot of people that go on your tours, they come back again and again. They go on one tour, they like it, they want to try another tour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. We actually have um, an 85% repeat rate for our organized tours, for our tours, um, which means if we had 10 people on a tour, uh, that eight and a half people will come back again. How the half person comes back, Ray, I don't know. But, but we're getting them back. And, and you know something, I, I'm super proud of that statistic. That, that really says that we're doing something well. Uh, and, and again, I mentioned if we have 10 people on a tour, but we have small groups, we cut off uh, at 16 people or 10 motorcycles, whatever, whatever we reach first. I mean, that's where we cut it off. So we don't have, you know, 25 people, 30 people on a tour. But I think one of the, the beauties of an IMT bike tour, um, and it's actually our logo, 25 years of magic, is that, you know, 10 people on a tour, all 10 people, want something a little bit different so you know you and carrie have been over to europe you know 10 times already so you feel comfortable but kurt's never been to europe before and clem just is interested in wine and mark is interested in great roads everybody wants something a little bit different so we do not treat everybody the same i know that sounds strange uh, but it's the truth what makes our guide so special is they have a certain gift to figure out what each person wants on the tour uh, and give it to them. You know, it's like Fantasy Island with, with Mr. Rourke. And they're really, really good on, on picking up on what somebody's looking for, who's shy, who's outgoing, who wants, you know, food, architecture, whatever it is. And inside one particular tour, they're really creating 10 micro tours. Right. Okay. And that's for me is the kind of the special thing. Uh, that we kind of do uh, that makes us, uh, you know, stand out a little bit. Well, it's interesting is that one of your uh, clients, uh, Sherry, wrote an article for us about she went on the Pyrenees tour with her husband, Steve. And uh, the great thing about the article that she wrote is that, um, you know, it was Steve's birthday that was part of the occasion. Yeah. And there was, a, you know, on the day of his birthday, you guys made it particularly special for him. But also yeah. she, you know, talks about how she had only gotten her license a couple of years prior and she was a little bit nervous about the, right. the challenging roads and that you and uh, David and Mikhail that made it uh, 
made sure that you looked out for her, that it, she was able to um, get comfortable on these roads in this unfamiliar environment. So that, yeah, that you adapted the situation to, you know, their specific needs. Exactly. And, you know, Sherry and Steve, they're great people. Um, I mean, she's, she's sharp and she's a good athlete. She'd only been riding for two years. The Pyrenees are very technical roads, uh, but she's a super quick learner. And, and one of the things that we did, she signed up for a low suspension 750 GS. Uh, she felt it was a little bit heavy, so we had a 310, a smaller bike. So we, we always carry a spare bike in the van and the van always follows us. It doesn't go ahead. So if anybody needs anything, I mean, we could switch the bike. If somebody needs uh, another layer of clothes or a battery for the camera, something like that, then they can get it. But uh, because the van always goes last, then we can see how people ride. Uh, you know, who needs a little bit of help in the turns? Uh, the van driver is always in communication with the, the the lead, the head guide. So they're talking about, you know, Sherry's, you know, uh, left hand turns is cutting them too soon, etc. So we were able to uh, to give Sherry a lot of pointers. Also on the brakes, we do obviously daily briefings and we draw maps. And uh, and she's a phenomenal rider. About halfway through the tour, we put the 310 in the van. We took out the 750. And uh, she's really just an amazing, and you know, it's so gratifying to, to be able to do that. Um, we have people that ride the Pyrenees and they say that they've ridden, you know, more curves in one week than what they do in a normal year back home in the US. So, I mean, it really, it's a great learning environment riding in Spain or in Europe, anywhere in Europe for that matter. Well, I mean, that's one of the special things about you know, riding in, uh, you know, whether it's the, the Pyrenees, the Alps, some of these famous mountain ranges that have a lot of great roads is depending on the part of uh, the United States you may be living in, you may not be exposed to those sorts of roads. I mean, I live in, in California and so we've got a lot of great mountain roads, but still there's something about how old, um, you know, Europe is in terms of civilization. There's many more roads in the mountains than uh, there might be in, in the United States because there's villages tucked up in these mountains or there's a monastery or there's something like that. So it's that's part of the real special aspect of going on a tour is not only experiencing those roads but it's this sense of accomplishment that wow i've really done something you know at the end of the day that beer tastes better than it does you know any other day so <laughs> it's you know it's so true people don't people that haven't ridden in europe um they don't maybe understand that the roads have evolved over a thousand years they were originally maybe goat tracks crossing the mountains. And then the Romans came and, and put a cobblestone road where that goat track was. So they're kind of following, uh, you know, a, a, an older um, path that was, it, it's not, they're not perfectly uh, designed curves. You have decreasing radius. You have all different types of things thrown at you that really, I mean, once you get to a, a higher proficiency of riding, it, it's so enjoyable. It's not, you know, perfect chicanes, you know, you don't, I mean, it's fun to have decreasing radius and, 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 and turns that kind of keep you on your toes. That's, you know, I really look for that. They go up and down steep mountains. That's what really makes it enjoying. <clears throat> and as you said, I mean, I go back to the States um, probably about three or four times a year. I go to the East Coast, I go to New York, I go to Florida a lot. I have family in, in Southern Florida. And it's it's really it's completely flat. So we have 
I mean, we have people that you know, they've been riding for 30 years in Florida and you take them and you put them in the Pyrenees or, or in the Alps or wherever. And, and even though they've been riding for a long time, they, they've really lost them I and they really, really need help. And that's, you know, it's, it's like I said before, it's very gratifying uh, as a guide to see, you know, to see the improvement from day one to day seven, for example. That's, that's one of the beauties of, of what we do. It's, it's just, it really makes you feel good. There's a sense of accomplishment, you know, on the, on the part of the tour member and on the part of the guide once that's, once that's been done. Right. Well, you know, like I said, you know, you've got guides that have been working with you for years. Uh, I know you go on some of the tours and that um, you guys want everybody to have a positive experience. So it's not about, you know, who can get to the, the coffee break the fastest. It's not a no. race, you know, it's, no. you know, but I, I remember when I did the uh, last tour that I did with you, there was a part where we, a smaller group of us broke off with, with you or Chano and on this mm -hmm. one road that was kind of optional. And we, we took it at a nice clip because it was kind of a, a smaller group that wanted to, Hey, we want to go, you know, have a little fun. And we were able to do that. So, um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's tailored to each person. It's, you know, it, and it's absolutely, people are free to ride on their own. Uh, the guides are really good. There's always going to be different, unless it's maybe a motorcycle club that set up a custom tour where everybody has the same level. You know, we're almost always going to have different levels of riding and what people, as I mentioned before, what people want out of the tour. If we have couples that want to go slow and stop and take pictures, you know, that's fine. But the guides are really good at, at catering to everybody at the same time. So, so, you know, the guys that want to open it up a little bit and ride with the head guy, absolutely fine. You can ride behind him. We have different marking systems to stop people from getting lost. And the people that want to hang out and, and, and take pictures and kind of relax, uh, that's absolutely fine also. You know, and the support van is always last. If you're not sure if you have to go straight or make a left-hand turn, just wait through. The van's going to come up and, and point, you know, go straight, go left. So it, it all works out. And it's, it, you know, we, I think we have a pretty good system after 25 years uh, of how to organize successfully, you know, the daily uh, routes that we're running. Sure. Well, I remember, the, um, you know, when we did the Spain and Portugal tour, there was an older couple, uh, Jerry and Ann. They had done a number exactly. of tours with you. And, yep. you know, there was one or two days that uh, maybe Ann wasn't feeling well. She rode mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with uh, in the chase van. So she was able right. to... It took some of the pressure off of her or Jerry to ride on the back of the motorcycle exactly. all day. And there was another woman who um, I was also as a passenger with her husband who um, was dealing with some migraines or something. And she rode ah, exactly. a couple of days. And it yeah. was just, mm -hmm. again, it gives people the options like, you know, you're not, if for some reason you're not up for it, you know, you can ride in the van or a passenger can ride in the van or something like that. So, you know, exactly. And, and, and the beauty of it is also they're not going to miss out on any of the experience yeah. uh, because the van goes last and does exactly what we do. If we stop at a castle or if we stop at a beautiful viewpoint, uh, they get to experience that. Um, so it's kind of the best of, of both worlds. I mean, Jerry could ride on the motorcycle and he could enjoy, you know, without Anne, who, who felt more comfortable in the van. But at the same time, she didn't feel uh, like she was missing out on anything because she was enjoying all the, the sights and sceneries that, that the rest of the tour group was, was enjoying. Yes. You know, and, and another thing that we'll do, if anybody at any time wants to put 
uh, a motorcycle in the van, you know, we just tell them if you if, if the van driver sees you stopped on the side of the road, the van driver's always going to stop and, and see if you need anything. Um, and, and if you need something, you can get something out of your, your suitcase or whatever. But if you wanted to put your bike in the van, take it out, put it in, you know, we don't care. Yeah. Some people, some people get tired or we had, we had one person that had vertigo. It's so strange because we had done a ton of tours uh, with this person and all of a sudden he developed vertigo on, uh, it was, I guess it was left hand turns when there was a drop, you know, when you were going, yeah. going around the mountain. So sometimes we, 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 I mean, we knew when that was coming up and we say to him, you know, if we, we'll put the bike in for the next, you know, half hour after we get down the mountain a little bit and then we'll take it out. And, and he was very happy and, and then we took the bike out and it just, it worked out perfectly for everybody. Sure. Yeah. Well, you guys are known, you know, IMT Bikes known for your uh, tours in Spain and Portugal, but you guys have got tours all over Europe and other parts of the world. So uh, give us a little bit, kind of an overview of, of your catalog, so to speak, of tour okay. offerings. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in Europe, uh, actually, IMT Bike uh, stands for Iberian Motor Tours. Now, that was 25 years ago when I was trying to come up with a name, um, the Iberian Peninsula. It's comprised of Spain and Portugal, and that's where we started. So I figured Iberian Motor Tours. Now, that was kind of a, a difficult thing for Americans to remember, and they would go, uh, you know, Siberian Motor Tours. And I mean, no, no, it's Iberian Motor Tours. It's Spain and Portugal. There's no snow, it's, there's no ice, it's not cold. Um, so we changed it to IMT. That's where the IMT comes from, uh, IMT Bike. So originally the tours were Spain and Portugal. And then we expanded, I think the year after we started, we started going to Morocco. Uh, I've probably been to Morocco myself about 50 times. Absolutely love Morocco. I know you love Morocco yeah. also. It's just, it's just a fascinating country. Uh, we do Italy and France also. We do Corsica, Sardinia, Provence, Tuscany. We do the Alps, we do the Dolomites also. So basically in Europe and Northern Africa, it's basically the Alps down to Morocco, that would be our region. And because we have people that ride with us year after year after year, we decided, uh, you know, we need to come up with something uh, outside of our kind of geographical region that, that we can share with them. So we started our global tour um, uh, uh, department, if you will. And, and so right now we're running tours in Japan, in Thailand, New Zealand, Colombia, Turkey. Uh, we're going to start with Vietnam also. And basically what we do is we find a local partner that's high quality. Uh, we use them for motorcycles and for infrastructure. We tell them what type of hotels, what type of restaurants we need, how to organize the day. And there's always an IMT bike that goes on to make sure that our level of quality is is maintained and to you know and, and to use his gift to make sure that everyone's getting what they want out of the tour so so that's basically what we're doing uh, as far as touring region and we're always looking for new places i mean we've been to alaska also so it's um it's fun i mean it's fun to explain explore the world that's you know that's what i mean you you you're an adventurer like myself you know, it's it. There's nothing more enjoyable than going to an unknown land and riding a motorcycle and checking it out. That's the best way to explore. 
Well, I mean, I could see, especially like you said, if you've got an 85% repeat rate with your clients, um, you know, is that you've always got to have something new for them, you know, because they, um, and even within Spain and Portugal, it's not like you guys have just a couple of tours. You've got all different kinds because there's different regions of, of both countries. Spain is a lot bigger than Portugal, but you know, there's, there's Southern Spain is very different than Northern Spain. And, and there's, uh, so many different historical cities and, and things mm -hmm. like that. So, um, yeah. So what do you got in the way of new tours? I know I've got an okay. eye on, you've got a Northern Spain tour that goes through Galicia that I've, I've, I've got my eye on. <laughs> you know, it, it's a good question. And, and the the beauty about Spain, I mean, Spain is, first of all, Spain is the most mountainous country in the European Union. And I don't know if you knew that. Did you think that was Switzerland? No, I, yeah, I probably would have guessed Switzerland, yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah, Switzerland's not in the European Union, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it would be Switzerland. Switzerland is all, it's just all mountains. But, you know, take Switzerland out of the equation, yeah. and Spain is just all mountains. And the north of Spain, as you said, the north of Spain is, is completely different from the south of Spain. I mean, architecturally, uh, the people look different. The food is different. Spain could, could probably be seven different countries all compressed into, into one country, just like the U.S. could be. I mean, Texas could be a country, maybe uh, California. Then you have the Southwest, New England, et cetera. They're all different accents, dialects, uh, food, et cetera. So, so we were very... Um, uh, we were very uh, studious, if you will, I guess. And during, we took advantage of the slower COVID years. Um, and we came up with a lot of new tours, actually. We, we uh, supercharged our Portugal tour, the best of Portugal. We added more days to that. We came up with the Essence of Portugal, which is a one-week tour that's just uh, starts and ends in Lisbon from our base in Lisbon. And it's just, you know, we're just going to see the highlights of Portugal. Uh, the same with our Green Spain tour, which used to start in Santiago, Santiago de Compostela and go to San Sebastian. And now that we have our own uh, rather large space in Bilbao, we start in Bilbao, we added two more days. We go to San Sebastian in the Basque Country. Uh, we go to Cantabria. We go to Asturias. We go to Galicia. It's kind of following the Camino de Santiago, the pilgrimage sure, yeah, in Europe. Yeah. And then we head back to uh, Bilbao. And then, I mean, that's, that's a longer, that's a 16-day tour. Again, a lot of people don't have that type of vacation. So we came up with the essence of Northern Spain, which is the eight-day version. It's just highlighting the beauty of, the, of Northern Spain, which is so, it's so green, great roads, great food. Um, it's just a fantastic place. Uh, and we added, for example, MotoGP, uh, MotoGP Valencia, which is the last race of the MotoGP season, we added a couple more days to that. That starts in Barcelona and that heads down to Valencia where we have great seats for the race. And then we can continue down along the coast towards the Alpujarra Mountains close to Granada. And then we end up in, in Malaga at our base in Malaga. So we, we just took advantage and kind of super tuned everything that, that we have. But we have tours. Uh, in Spain and Portugal, we probably have, I would say, at least 20 tours that we're offering. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, because of motorcycle press launches, uh, you know, I've been to Spain and Portugal many, many times, you know, not just on tours, but partly because, you know, especially southern Spain is kind of like the California of Europe. You know, you've got the mountains all the way to the sea. You've got the mild Mediterranean climate. But you mentioned Valencia. 
there's the track at Barcelona um, in Barcelona there's so yeah you've got racetracks you've got great roads um, you know you've got good weather is I mean we have we even have these MotoGP stars that are from Spain exactly. one of the things I've always enjoyed and I think that's partly why they have so many motorcycle press launches in Spain is not just mm -hmm. the weather but um, as you said earlier, is like the Spanish love motorcycles. I mean, so, the, the, you know, there's, there's, I guess what I'd say a little bit more of a permissive environment in terms of traffic and parking and even speeding a little bit is, is not exactly frowned upon. It's, I mean, I know like you mentioned Switzerland, you get a, a, even a mild speeding ticket in Switzerland. It can be many, many euros, but absolutely. absolutely. So it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a very motorcycle friendly environment. And that comes across when you're in a village or a town or on roads and uh, it, it really adds a lot to it. Yeah. You, you know, Spain is, you know, it's probably one of the most motorcycle friendly countries there is. And the truth is everybody has a family member or a friend that rides a motorcycle. I mean, that's just how it is. Um, so when you see a motorcycle, you know, that's stopped on the side of the road in the U.S., Maybe another motorcycle will look and, you know, do you need any help or anything? But in Spain, people in a car are going to pull over. You know, that, that might be my sister, my father, my mother, my cousin, you know, that needs help. So it's not, there's, there's such a respect for motorcyclists. Uh, you know, lane splitting is, it's absolutely fine. And people driving cars will open up to make that lane wider so that you have an easier time you know, negotiating up to the front of the of, of the pack to you know to the traffic light. There's, I mean, it's just it's so you can park on sidewalks. You can basically park wherever you want. It's just it's so nice to live in an environment that respects motorcyclists and that really is looking out for motorcyclists always. This is something you know in the U.S. It, it would be nice if the U.S. could learn a little bit. Um, and people would treat motorcyclists with, I would say, more respect and, and, and just look out for them more. I think that would be such a great thing. You know, it, it, I'm so lucky to live here as a motorcyclist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, the, the opportunities I've had to ride there has, has, has been, uh, it's been great, not just the roads, but just, yeah, there, feel, there feels like there's a bit of a freedom and that, you know, everybody's kind of on the same team or supportive and so forth is, um, so uh, listen, I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, with COVID and the pandemic, I mean, that obviously has had an effect on a lot of businesses, but motorcycle tours and travel is, it's, I'm sure it's been really challenging. So how have you adapted to the new th situation we're in? You know, you know, COVID is kind of a, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting situation. I mean, it, it made the world learn a lot and learn that things can be done in, in different ways. You know, on one level, um, if you lost, lost a loved one, you know, it's, it's obviously it's a travesty. From a business point of view, obviously any type of tourism company or cruise ship, whatever, um, I mean, our business went down a, a lot. I mean, people could not come over, the borders were closed, etc. cetera. Um, on a family level, you know, it was, you know, I'm, a, I'm married, I have a 10 year old and a 13 year old daughter. And it was for me, probably the biggest gift that could have been given to me. I, we had uh, the, the most incredible family time, you know, with uh, uh, clubs and games and movie night and doing exercise together. So for me, you know, I can, I found the good in COVID and it's just a wonderful bond with my wife and my two daughters. Um, from a company point of view, 
I think that we just, we really killed it. We did a great job. Um, nobody lost money. None of our customers lost money. Because I've heard this mentioned before, you know, I was signed up for a cruise ship and they kept my deposit. We didn't, we either gave people a full refund or they have a full credit without a, without a time limit. So, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not my place. It's not my style to make money off of COVID. I have absolutely no interest in doing that. Um, we were in contact with our clients, sending them updates from here, because I think what's going on in Europe and maybe what's being shown on the news in the US or Canada or other countries, you know, isn't exactly the same thing. So, I mean, right now in, in Spain, I mean, we walk around, I mean, everything is open. Everything is completely open, restaurants, hotels, museums. If you go indoors, you know, you have to wear a mask. If you go into a supermarket, a museum, a shop, you put on the mask outside, you take it off. When you go to the restaurant, you sit down, you take it off. But it's really, you know, life is very much back to normal. So it was, I think it was important to communicate that to the people so people, you know, have a, a good understanding of what's going on. Um, and I'll tell you something, from a, uh, from a company point of view, I mean, financially, we're a strong company, so that really wasn't an issue for us. But what I really, really saw is how great every, I mean, there's 30 employees in the company and everybody just pulled together. It was so nice to see. And I, I really could not be more proud of the people uh, in the company and how they rallied around us to, to get through. And, you know, the truth is, I would say that we're a stronger company now uh, post COVID. Uh, than, than before COVID. So, you know, I have, I, I really have no regrets. We actually finished the year last year uh, from June until December. We did 40 tours in, in six months. So we really finished off with a strong year. And, and this year we're like so, you know, it's so funny. Uh, we're really, really packed. We're, you know, almost all tours are, most of them, a lot of them are fully booked and others are at 80 or 90% It's so early in the year. But it's so funny because people, um, people, some people do a tour a year. And if they were not able to do a tour yes, last year, so they're like, okay, that means I have to do two, two tours. <laughs> so we have people that have signed up for a tour in the spring and then another tour, a tour in the fall to come back. And it's, you know, it's great. We, I, I really, I'm, you know, it's, it's a tough situation, COVID, for, for everybody. Obviously, this affected everybody. But um, on a company level, I'm super happy with our, with our, you know, the people that in the IMT bike family, as we say, and I'm super happy with our clients that have been, you know, so loyal to us. Um, they really believed in us. I would say 99% believed in us. Well, that's great. I mean, like you said, if you've got a high retention rate with clients, uh, you know, they, They've enjoyed their experience with you. You've been, you know, you've dealt with them in a in a in an honest and stand up manner in terms of you know deposits and things like that. So, and for a lot of people, I know myself included, is you know there was the uh, you know there was the restriction on a lot of travel and so forth. So for some people that really are travel is an important regular part of their life, I could see how there would be a lot of pent up demand. Where like you said, you've got people that are like, well, I'm going to do not one tour but two tours. And, uh, you know, once there's reassurances that, well, you know, with vaccinations or testing or so forth, that travel is okay because everybody in your organization and hotels and restaurants wants to be safe. And so everybody's yeah. adapted to the new environment. So 
I mean, I've been over to Europe, uh, you know, for a press launch back in December and, you know, there was testing before and after and so forth and everything went off without a hitch and everybody was very yeah. careful. So, yeah, I think when people have that sort of reassurance, uh, that, that makes a big difference. So. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was, I, I, like I said, I go back to the States, uh, four times a year. So, uh, you know, the first time we went back after the pandemic started, to get to Southern Florida. I mean, I flew from Madrid to Frankfurt, to Chicago, to Fort Myers. I mean, it was like 30 hours. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Instead of flying from Madrid to Miami or to New York and then to Fort Myers. But it's so easy to travel now. I mean, planes are really safe. Uh, the oxygen uh, renewal system in the planes is equivalent to a, a hospital operating, uh, operating room. So it's you know, you have to wear the mask, obviously, in the airport and on the plane. Um, it helps very much if you're vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, I think you have to do the, the uh, antigen test 24 hours before you fly. That's probably what it is right now. Of course, that's changing, you know, every day. But it's it's not complicated to travel. And and, and once you get over, I mean, it's it's so nice to, it's so nice. As you said, there's a lot of pent up demand. So people really need to to, to get back to it. Well, and a lot of people have sort of, re, you know, they've reevaluated their priorities. You know, there are so, some people that are like, hey, I've been waiting too long to go do some of the things I want to do. And you know, it's, it, I think with, with the pandemic, it just, it, it brought home for most people that you just never know what can happen tomorrow or is around the corner. So if there's things you've been wanting to do in life, a bucket list trip, an anniversary Absolutely. trip, you know, like I said, a father, son, or some sort of trip, is there's no time like the present, you know, if you have the means to do it, go for it, you know, and you'll feel better for having done it. So, yeah. you know, I, I completely agree, Greg. And, and I think people are starting to get over the fear of, you know, of traveling, of COVID, um, you know, traveling really is safe. I mean, I've, I've traveled with my wife and my girls all over Europe. We went to Amsterdam, we're going to Paris, we go to Portugal, uh, to the U.S., it's it's not it's not complicated at all, and um, and we have a lot of clients, a lot of tour members that are in their seventies. You know, as long as you're physically fit, uh, mentally sharp, that's absolutely fine. We we had we had people last year. Uh, there was a gentleman from Colorado who was eighty three, I believe. That he, he was on the first tour that we did actually during. Once the pandemic, you know, opened up, the borders opened up. But there's a lot of people that really want to get back to living their lives. I mean, if you have somebody that's 74, 75, maybe in their minds they're thinking, you know, I only have five summers left. So, you know, for them, it's it's just so important that they can, you know, get over the fear and get back to enjoying their lives. I completely understand it. And, of course, you know, IMT Bike as a company, we have... Uh, we have safety measures intact, how we clean the bikes, the, the, uh, the luggage, uh, how we organize the hotels, restaurants, etc., to just maximize safety for everybody. I mean, safety has to come first. Uh, you know, if it's safety on the motorcycle or uh, safety from the pandemic, uh, you know, it's our responsibility, it's IMT Bikes' responsibility to make sure that we have all the bases covered and we give you the highest degree of safety. And that's that's what we have to do. Yeah, that's great. Well, hey, I want to, you know, congratulate you on 25 years that, that that you were able to take the pandemic as an opportunity to, you know, expand your tour offerings to, you know, sort of refresh some of your tours. You said that you kind of 
enhance them in different ways, whether it's adding some days or adding some shorter versions of them and so forth. So um, how do folks find out more about everything that IMT has to offer? Uh, well, I think the best way is to go to the website, which is uh, www.imtbike.com. Uh, there they can see all the all the tours that we offer. They can send us an email at tours at imtbike.com. If they want to read some reviews, if they go to TripAdvisor and, and type in IMT Bike, uh, we've been voted the best of the best, which puts us in the top 10% of travel companies in the world that can read some what other people are saying i mean i could tell you that we're wonderful but you know it's always nice to read you know somebody else's uh, somebody else's words uh but that's the best way to to uh to find out about us and if anybody would like to you know talk to me i'm happy to talk to people on the phone or email it's absolutely my pleasure to speak to people that's great well we'll include some links uh, in the show notes so people can check out your website and uh send you an email if they have some questions uh, of course, we've got some reviews of some of your tours on the Writer Magazine website. We've been on a number of your tours over the years. So, hey, Scott, man, it's great to see you. I'm glad things are going well for you. I'm glad, again, 25 years, that's a huge milestone. So congratulations on that accomplishment. And I'm hoping to get on one of your tours uh, this year. Thank you so much, Greg. I want you, I want Carrie back this year. We're going to have a great time. So make it happen, and I'll make it happen so I'm on the tour with you. Awesome. Okay? I okay. appreciate it. Well, uh, again, uh, for Rider Magazine, uh, I'm Greg Drevenstead. Thanks for listening and keep the rubber side down. Take care, Scott. Okay, Greg. Great talking. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you've enjoyed listening to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast, please subscribe, leave us a positive rating, and tell your friends. We also encourage you to visit ridermagazine.com, where you can get the latest in motorcycle news and reviews and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to print and digital editions of Writer Magazine, which is published 12 times a year. Thanks again for listening. 